This is the Man Patreon podcast, episode 11. Patreon podcast guys it has been hectic stuff i've been trying to find some time to record this episode and i've managed to find some time among all the campaigning and so forth so it has been hectic all right so um i've been you know besides campaigning i've also been fighting trolls on twitter reading some articles here and there and also at the same time guys you know um you know if you want to follow the zacp you can do so on twitter and facebook and so forth and you can get some great content there and also at the same time it's elections next week so guys i hope you decided that you're going to vote if you decided that you're not going to vote please do um because you know your vote counts it really does count you know if you're tired of, of the ruling party and tired of the other parties try to look for a new party that actually fits your values and also at the same time guys if you like man patria if you like what we are doing you can show us support by going to manpatriot.com forward slash donate and making a small donation. You can make a donation as little as 10 rand. Yes, as little as 10 rand. And also, guys, if you if money's a problem, you know, you can always, you can always share this podcast, like this podcast, comment on it, whether if you're listening on SoundCloud and YouTube and any other channel, share it with your friends. You know what to do. You know, it's that simple, guys. Um, that helps me get the message out there as well. So, yeah, guys, um, let's go to the next segment. Let's start talking. Play the music, bro. Okay, guys, I have to revisit socialism. So I don't know if you guys have actually been following me on uh, Facebook and Twitter, you'll actually see that there's this big contingency um, towards socialism, um, which is heavily, which is a left wing policy, by the way. Now, um, if you saw my interactions on Facebook with people that I know, you'll find that a lot of people um, will say that socialism is morally superior to capitalism. And you hear this all the time, or rather see it all the time since it's social media. 
also at the same time, you know, what, what you'll notice is that there's these slogans that are attached towards capitalism. They'll say that the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. And socialism is there to, you know, um, get a level playing field and all of that. All of these um, left-wing um, social justice warrior terms, which are designed to turn people emotionally towards socialism. It's very dangerous. You just got to, you know, keep ahead of the curve when it comes to that. And I've seen a lot of people who do not understand economics fall victim to socialism because it sounds great. It sounds fantastic. How would, I mean, think about it. If you had to live in, in a world where, um, for example, where you didn't have to worry about paying for education, paying for petrol, buying food and everything like that, it sounds like heaven. But unfortunately, um, you know, heaven, um, <laughs> I'm a theist, so heaven is uh, another place um, outside of the universe, some would say. But, you know, in the world that we're living in right now, um, we cannot get to heaven because why resources are limited. It's that simple. And uh, unfortunately, we just cannot reach that level as human beings. But what we can do is, you know, mass produce uh, goods and services. Um, and as a result of that, um, they become cheaper as a result of economies of scale and because of the amount of supply of these goods in the market. And that will make these goods and services more affordable. Now, um, that's the reality of the world that we're living in. But unfortunately, you know, we still see people advocating for socialism, talking about it being the, mor the morally superior option to capitalism. And as I mentioned before, they'll always use this emotive language to try to get people involved. Now, the, the problem I, I personally have with it is that the evidence is out there. The evidence is clear. All right. You look at countries like um, North Korea, Venezuela, Cuba, um, even some African countries that practice socialism. And you saw and you and history has shown us like the destruction that it has caused on those countries, which I think for me is, um, you know, a red flag. Why is this ignored? I was actually debating an EFF bot on Twitter the other day. And uh, what I found very interesting about that topic is that when I mentioned um, how Malema and Floyd and Ngozi um, were praising socialism and Hugo Chavez back in 2010 and why they're quiet about it right now, he always dodged that question. He was dodging it, trying to make it sound like as if that, oh, no, it was the American sanctions and just to let you know, people, with regards to the sanctions that were placed on Venezuela, in 2015, the sanctions were not actually placed on the Venezuelan economy, but were actually placed on specific individuals within Venezuela. And then there were, uh, this year sometime, uh, sanctions placed on Venezuela. However, um, those sanctions were placed after the Venezuelan economy has been destroyed. The Venezuelan economy was destroyed um, so much that it shrunk by 50% before the first sanctions were actually laid on it. And this is one of the things that happen is that you'll find that whenever socialism fails, they will say that, well, it had to be someone else. It had to be um, the Americans. If it wasn't the Americans, it had to be something else, the evil capitalistic forces. If, if they can't find an actual real cause, they'll try um, generate a abstract cause such as evil capitalistic forces, which 
is um, crazy in my opinion because at the end of the day, you know, why are you creating these um, abstract entities that have no effects on human relations? Because it just sounds good. You always have to create an enemy. And I think from those guys, from those guys' perspectives, as long as they create an enemy, they've got people um, that can follow them and can um, always believe what they say, which I find to be totally problematic in the long run. So also at the same time, you know, when you look at um, socialism, its dire effects on, on mankind and so forth, um, as I mentioned before, it's, it's a problem because now young people in my generation are, are in love with it. And I don't know why that is the case. Um, and I would like to know why that is the case, <laughs> really. But um, I think we have to understand, guys, that socialism does have um, terrible effects on the economy, which will have terrible effects on human lives as well. And we have to ensure that people are educated with regards to the ill effects of socialism that it only benefits the people at the top, but it doesn't, when I mean people at the top, I'm talking about the, the ruling elite. It only benefits the ruling elite, but for normal citizens, it doesn't benefit them. In fact, it makes their lives far worse as a result. So we need to understand that uh, socialism, you can check out the stats, you can look at the stories and everything like that. What you will find out is that when it comes to socialism as a system, as a, as a theory of social organization, it has always led to destruction, uh, ma mass murder, mass starvation, and so forth. And also another thing that um, we also have to deal with with regards to socialism is this idea that, um, that the Nordic countries are socialists. Guys, the Nordic countries are not socialists, okay? These countries are deeply capitalist. If you look at their um, economies and so forth, what you will discover is that they protect private property rights very strongly. And in some cases, people feel that um, Denmark or the Nordic countries are the countries where it's the easiest to open a business. Yes, they are characterized by, um, what do you call that, high taxes, and they have heavy government assistance programs. And that has been causing a few problems in Denmark, but that does not make them socialists. Remember, guys, um, the definition of socialism is the idea that the state runs the means of production, the distribution of resources, and the exchange of resources. So George Aiti would sum it up and say that it's actually um, the, the more state involvement in the economy. So we just need to understand that. that that's what socialism is. Now, people are going to try and create an emotive um, or emotional plea for socialism. So you hear some people say things along the lines of, well, um, socialism for me is, um, it's human dignity. You know, socialism is human dignity. It's not. That's just nothing more than an emotional plea. And I think you guys heard that many times before. All right. So just be careful with regards to that, guys. Socialism doesn't work. All right. You can look it up you can google it socialism doesn't work communism doesn't work but for some reason despite its failures it still manages to influence a lot of people today and that's a problem that's a massive problem because now especially in south africa you've already seen now when um Cyril ramaphosa 
um, last year declared that they're going to um, amend the constitution to allow for the expropriation of land without compensation, which is deadly, in my opinion. It's deadly because you are attacking private property rights. And then people just think that, oh, no, the state's going to take all the land and distribute it to everybody. It's a lie. I've heard stories about Venezuela where people would actually go into hospitals and they would actually try to see if you were if you were a Maduro supporter or not. And if you did not support Maduro, you wouldn't get um, you wouldn't get treatment because why the state runs and owns the means of production within Venezuela. Now, people are going to say, yeah, but there are private businesses there. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. There, there are private businesses in Venezuela, but those businesses are only there and they're only privately owned because these guys have made agreements with the government on how they're going to run it. That's the, that's the reason why. So I think that to really say that just because there's private businesses in Venezuela is a sign that there's some form of capitalism, in my opinion, is, um, it's not correct at all. So we just need to be cognizant of that. And uh, we also need to assess really why people like this idea of uh, socialism. And uh, as I mentioned before earlier, it just sounds great. But why is it that like the human condition um, allows for that? Why do we you know, have this uh, mentality that someone must do something for us? Why, what happened to the pride of doing something ourselves? Yeah, that's quite a good question. And I think maybe um, if you listen to this on YouTube, you can actually uh, type a comment there. And I'd like to know what you think about that specifically. But anyway, um, that's just my little rant on socialism. I just want to um, get into an article by Walter Williams, one of my favorite people, um, one of my favorite writers. And he wrote an article for The Daily Wire. Now, I don't want you guys going, oh, Daily Wire, Daily Wire. It's just this right-wing stuff with Ben Shapiro and what, what. doesn't make a difference, guys. You, you can't dismiss an article based on which website it came from, unless it's The Onion, of course. <laughs> but, you know, if you really want to be serious about, you know, understanding content, the thing that you have to understand is that um, you can't be committing the genetic fallacy when it comes to content. So... What is, the genetic, what is the genetic fallacy? The genetic fallacy is when one tries to dismiss an argument or a belief based on how someone came to believe in it. Okay? So, now many of you will say, well, Dumo, um, you know, um, Daily Wire is always pushing right-wing stuff. And yeah, they are. You know, it doesn't mean that the content that they're pushing is false. Okay? So, let's look at the content of the, of the article. Let's assess it. And if there's anything that you feel that is incorrect or that should be corrected or whatever and so forth, then you can correct it. You can say, well, there's actually statistics that show this, that, count, that, that uh, counter what you are saying. So let's not get to that point where we're starting to dismiss articles based on their source. Yes, there are those news sources that, he that lean heavily towards the left, some lean heavily towards the right, some are centrist and so forth. It does happen. But that's the beauty of the internet today. You can read all those sources and make a decision yourself based on the sources that were given to you. All right? You should be doing that, in fact. You shouldn't be um, 
getting your news from one source all the time. And But if you do, I'm not trying to say that you're not doing this properly. I'm just saying that, well, try and see what the other side says. And then wherever you see consistent, whenever you see consistency, you probably know that that's actually what happened. And where there's inconsistency, you can investigate that even further. But if you don't have that time, then you might as well just stick to your trusted news source. All right, guys, so let's just read this article. Uh, it's, uh, it's written by uh, Walter E. Williams, and the title is Millennial... Millennial, Millennial. I can't believe I can't pronounce Millennial. It's actually Millennials for Socialism. Uh, okay, so... Let's start. Okay, if one needed evidence of the gross ignorance of millennials and their teachers and college professors, it's their solid support for socialism and socialist presidential candidate Senator Bernie Sanders. Socialism has produced tragedy wherever it has been implemented. Last year marked the 40th anniversary of nearly 1,000 Americans perishing in a mass suicide in the jungles of Guyana. Just as Sanders and Republican, or no, and Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez sees socialism as mankind's salvation, so too did Reverend Jim Jones, who told his followers, God is socialism, and I am principal socialism, and that's what makes me God. Okay, guys, uh, another thing about um, the socialist idea that I hear from time to time is that people will say, because I'm a Christian, I'll hear this a lot from other Christians, they will say, Jesus was a socialist. Because he told the rich man to sell everything he has and give it to the poor. And I'm like, oh, really? So that, does that make him a socialist? And they're like, yeah, because he told the rich man to do that. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. That's not socialism. I mean, this Jesus was asking a man who was rich, right? Who wanted to get into the kingdom of heaven, all right? He, uh, he was asking him, why i mean how to get into the kingdom of heaven and jesus said you must follow the ten commandments uh, follow the commandments love your mother and father look i am paraphrasing and the man said yeah i'm already doing that and then jesus saw the arrogance in this man he said okay fine you know what sell everything you have give it to the poor and you know from that point you saw that that guy actually had his his um life and his riches and he wouldn't give them up but anyway, that's not socialism. That's an issue of where, the, where our priorities lie. That's another issue altogether. All right. So it's false. Jesus was not a socialist. He was not even a capitalist. Yes, he did teach values of, being, of not being selfish, about serving other people and so forth, which were great. But what I find interesting is that all these people that push for socialism, especially the leaders, they don't live a life like that. You'll see some of these leaders driving the most expensive cars, um, living in luxury apartments, living in luxury homes, um, eating the best food every week or actually every day, you know, having personal trainers, having the money for that type of thing. And they say, oh, I live a life where I serve the people. Lies. They won't even wash the feet of their own supporters unless they know that that will actually get them more votes absolutely ridiculous that you want to apply the same you want to apply this um, standard to um, people who have money but you will never apply to the socialist leaders people will never do that they'll say yeah jesus was a socialist well okay then why don't you ask your socialist leaders to give everything they have to the poor 
Try doing that and let's see how far you'll end up. It's absolutely crazy. Okay, guys, I'm going to say it now. Jesus was not a socialist, right? He was not a capitalist as well. Okay, he was a Jewish rabbi who was a carpenter who claimed to be the son of God. So let's leave it there. Okay, let's not try and make, let's not try and, in, you know, inflict our economic ideologies on religious beliefs. Okay, I'm not going to do that any further. Okay, that's enough. Um, um, uh, that's enough um, theology for one podcast. All right, so let's continue with the article. It's, it reads, During the first three decades of the 20th century, Argentina was one of the world's top 10 richest nations. It was ahead of Canada and Australia in total and per capita income. After Juan Perón's ideas captured in his economic creed that he called National Socialism became a part of Argentina's life, the country fell into economic chaos. Today, it has fallen to 25th in terms of GDP. Well, there you go. What more evidence do you need, people? What more evidence do you need? You practice socialism, country falls into um, falls into into ruins. That's what happens. It just falls into ruins. And uh, many of you will say, "Oh, it's the Americans, the evil capitalists." Make sure it's like this. I'm like, no, it's not. All right. If you're gonna put heavy regulations on the market, nationalize like major companies that that uh, that uh, produce many jobs. And then you're going to mismanage those companies. It, it's no surprise that the output actually decreases over time. It's no surprise that happens. Because when the government takes over, there's no competitors. So there's no way they're going to improve their infrastructure within those companies or whatever assets they have to make sure that they remain competitive. Because they nationalized the whole thing. So why should they do it? But in a country where you have private ownership, these people are competing, getting, um, trying to get the best technology, the best machines, or the best ways to actually produce um, the goods and services um, for their customers so that they can offer them at a cheaper price. Because of that, they're able to stay ahead of the curve and produce these goods and services which people um, will find useful. All right, let's continue. Nicolas Maduro, an avowed socialist, has turned oil-rich Venezuela into a place where there are shortages of everything from toilet paper to beer, where electricity keeps shutting down, and where, there's a long, when, where there are long lines of people hoping to get food. Some people are eating their pets and feeding their children from garbage bins. Socialism has crippled Venezuela's one thriving economy. Today, Venezuela is, is among the world's most tragically poor countries. Now, this, you know, whenever I tell socialists about Venezuela, they get angry. They get so angry. It's almost like as if um, you've triggered them somehow. It's almost like you've pressed the wrong button and then they just explode. You know, I've been blocked so many times on Twitter because I mentioned socialist, I mentioned Venezuela to socialists. Maybe I'm just reminding them of the folly of their ways, really, because, you know, remember in 2010 when um, Julius Malema, uh, Floyd Chibambu, and Buisa Ninlozi went to Venezuela, and uh, what happened was um, they were still part of the ANC at that time, and um, what happened was they went there, they praised the country and said, wow, this is so fantastic, you know, socialism actually does work. 
Nine years down the line, they're silent about it. No one's saying anything. And this is what I'm talking about, people. You know, in Venezuela, they implemented such ridiculous things. They nationalized companies. They um, implemented um, price controls. So what these price controls did was that it made it impossible for companies to actually um, uh, to sell these goods to their to their customers. So they had to stop. So like toilet paper, for example, they imported it. But because there was a price control set on it, they could only sell a certain amount. Or they could. some of them even stopped selling them altogether. And then you'll find that because of this, it creates this black market. And in the black market, the prices are way off the charts as well because of, of, of limited supply. But at least the product is there. And you'll see that the black market thrives in this instance. And now talking about electricity, South Africa has its own form of socialism. If you look at um, ESCOM, ESCOM is the only company that can actually sell electricity to um, private individuals and to municipalities. And I believe that's a problem. That's a massive problem because you see what's, what's happening with load shedding. These guys are building power stations left, right, and center. Um, some of them are not even completed. I heard that there were some, even people, they were, when they were buying coal, they were actually buying rocks and they were throwing these rocks into these uh, turbines and that was actually damaging this, uh, the, the, the power station's ability to uh, produce and to keep up with the demand. And that's very dangerous. And this is why I say if ESCOM is privately owned, doing something like that would not be in their best interest because they're going to face the full fury of the market. It's what Milton Friedman have, has always said. Is he, he made it clear. He said that when it comes to um, government organizations, whenever they make mistakes or, may, or they make bad decisions, legislation is put in place to give them more power or they get a bailout. But when the private companies make mistakes, they stand to lose a lot. They stand to lose the business. They stand to lose um, uh, market share. They stand to lose revenue and everything like that. So it's in their best interest that they make the best that, that they make the right decisions. But government-owned organizations such as ESCOM, South African Airways, and many other um, gov uh, Petrol SA, all of those companies, uh, many of them are even bankrupt, uh, technically bankrupt. Um, when they make bad decisions, they get a bailout. That's what happens. So if you're going to keep getting a bailout when you're making bad decisions the whole time, what makes you think that you're going to make good decisions? When are you going to make the good decisions? You know, so this is what happens when you, when you allow for nationalization. And you saw it, what's, what's happening in South Africa right now with all the state-owned companies. They're not doing well. And if you look at Venezuela as well, same thing. Because of, because of nationalization, you know, and because there's no competition within the market, then therefore all of these goods that we take for granted, that we like toilet paper, water and so forth, they become a luxury among socialism. And um, the people that stand to lose the most are the middle class and the poor. But the ones who don't lose at all are the leaders. So there's a slogan that's been going around, which is um, under capitalism, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. But I think that statement applies more to socialism. Why? Because the ruling elite, they get more money for some reason, I don't know how, 
through nationalization of certain um, companies and so forth, they get more money, they live in luxury, but the people in the country, the citizens, become poorer. It becomes harder for them to buy goods and services because of the fact that if the, let's say, the government takes over the, the Reserve Bank, or let me just rather say the Central Bank, for those that are actually um, listening from outside, um, if the government decides to take over the Central Bank, you'll find out that they'll pump money into the economy to pay for certain things, which will devalue the currency of, um, or will devalue the, the, your own currency. And as a result of that, buying goods and services for your normal citizens becomes even more difficult. And then they become poorer. But then you as the government, you still stay rich. You still loot, you still exploit, you still nationalize and so forth. And you live in luxury. And that is why you can see like guys like Nicolas Maduro are eating steaks every day, um, having lunch with that Salt Bay guy, and uh, the normal citizens are actually living in poverty. So you actually see that more apparent in socialist countries. Very interesting. I mean, I saw an article about Fidel Castro's son. I mean, no, 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 not son. I'm lying. Actually, Fidel Castro's grandson. And how he lives in luxury. And how are the Cubans living? Exactly my point. Guys, you actually see the poor getting poorer within socialism. In capitalism, the rich get richer and the poor get richer as well. You saw that happen in Chile. You see that happening in Hong Kong. You saw that happen in South Korea. You see that happening in Rwanda. You see that happening in Mauritius. I mean, where these countries are practicing these um, free market policies, you are seeing better improvement in their lives. All right, let's go to the next paragraph. Socialism can be tested by doing a few side-by-side -side country comparisons. After Germany's defeat in World War II, it was divided into socialist East Germany and capitalist West Germany. West Germans had far greater income, wealth, and human rights protections. In large numbers, East Germans tried to flee to West Germany. So much, that, so much so that the East German government set up deadly mines and other traps to prevent escape. Few, if any, West Germans tried to flee to East Germany. And West German government spent no resources preventing its citizens from leaving. Now, this is a, a very important uh, thing to mention here. Because... I think uh, Milton Friedman also spoke about this as well, about people leading with their feet. Or not leading, sorry, voting with their feet. So what happens is when people leave, when people are sick and tired of a country, they'll leave. So you'll see now with Venezuela, this, based on the, st on the statistics that I have, is that 5,000 people are leaving Venezuela daily just to get food. In South Africa, the same thing happened. With Zimbabwe, in Zimbabwe, they implemented this expropriation of land without compensation and they started, the land grab started to occur and as a result, uh, people actually stopped taking loans from the banks and this um, affected the economy greatly and uh, the government ended up printing money for other purposes which actually devalued the Zimbabwean currency and a lot of people fled um, Zimbabwe and came into South Africa. I mean, if Zimbabwe was so great, then why didn't they stay? Why are they fleeing to other countries? 
Socialism does that. You know? I don't know if in, if in Venezuela they actually set up barriers to prevent people from leaving. Um, I don't know about that. But I do understand that the government has done some stuff where they've actually, when people have given aid, when other organizations have actually given the, the Venezuelans aid, they actually destroyed it or they prevented it from occurring. So that's what has happened. All right. Socialism can be tested by... Okay, so I already read that. All right. Then there's North Korea and South Korea. North Korea's nominal per, cap, per capita GDP is only 3.6% of South Korea's nominal per capita GDP of $23,000. There are few human rights protections for North Koreans. North Korea, like East Germany, has set up deadly mines and other traps to prevent its citizens from escaping. The key features of a free market system are private property rights and private ownership of the means of production. By contrast, socialist systems feature severely limited private property rights and government ownership control of the means of production. So people, all right, notice now how Walter Williams provides the definition for socialism and free markets. Notice in the definition of socialism, he doesn't talk about government assistance programs. Because a lot of socialists like to, because they see that classical socialism doesn't work, they like to say, well, look at the Nordic countries, as I mentioned earlier. Okay, guys, if social government programs are used as a mechanism or are used as a means to define um, socialism, then the United States is socialist. Then why, if that is the case, then why aren't we seeing EFF supporters um, um, adoring the United States? Why aren't we seeing that? Why aren't we seeing EFF supporters doing that? They're not doing that at all. In fact, they blame in the United States for the failures of socialist countries. But according to some of these people, government assistance programs are a form of socialism. And if that is the case then why aren't we seeing the United States being praised? Because socialism is when the government owns the means of production. All right? And according to Walter Williams, he adds it on by saying that there's severely limited private property rights as well. And I like that um, characteristic, how we put it together. All right. There has never been a purely free market economic system. Just there has never been a purely socialist communist system. Let's do an experiment. First, rank countries according to whether they are closer to the free market or the communist end of the economic spectrum. Then rank countries according to per capita gross domestic product. Finally, rank countries according to Freedom Houses, Freedom in the World Report. Here's our finding. People who live in countries closer to the free market end of the economic spectrum not only have a far greater income and wealth than people who live in countries toward the communist end, they also enjoy far greater human rights protections. Moreover, it's the socialist nations that have murdered tens of millions of their own citizens, such as the case with the former USSR and China. Whenever I mention this is socialist, they get angry. And, you know, they, they, and, and one thing that they try to do is they always say something along the lines of, well, capitalism has also killed people. Look what happened during the wars. And I'm like, no, come on, don't be stupid. Like, you're going to use wartime 
as a means to show that capitalism has killed people? Really? As if communist countries are not involved in wars? As if socialist countries are not involved in wars? What about, what about um, when Hitler was in power? Wasn't, isn't the definition of a Nazi a national socialist? Come on. Come on, people. I mean, this is, this is crazy stuff. I mean, this is, it's ridiculous, really, that the, the depths that people are willing to go to to try and defend their ideology when, they're, when you can see that their ideology is becoming more and more bankrupt. Just to let you know, in the USSR in China, where they killed tens of millions of their own citizens, this happened in times of peace, not in times of war. So let that sink in. That socialism, or under socialism, or, ca or, or not capitalism, no way, socialism or communism, you find that more people die as a result of the government's actions in peace times where there's no war. Come on. All right. Sanders and other socialists hold Denmark as their dream. Okay, I, may, I, I spoke about this before. But Prime Minister Lars Lecker Rasmussen said, I know that some people in the U.S. associate the Nordic model with some sort of socialism. Therefore, I would like to make one thing clear. Denmark is far from a socialist planned economy. Denmark is a market economy. Scandinavian socialism is a myth. Let me read that again. Okay. He says, I know that social, open quotes, I know that so some people in the US associate the Nordic models with some sort of socialism. Therefore, I would like to make one thing clear. Denmark is far from a socialist planned economy. Close quotes. All right. And then... Walter Williams ends it off by saying Scandinavian socialism is a myth. Okay, guys. So, look. Let's, let's be truthful about this. Okay? It doesn't work. I understand, people. We want to have an easy life. But unfortunately, we're going to have to make sacrifices. Unfortunately, that cannot be guaranteed. We have to work to get the things that we want in life. Okay? I understand some people are poor. Some people, they can't afford certain things and you'd like to help them. But then that's your responsibility as a citizen to help those that are in need. It shouldn't be the government's job because the moment you put that in the hands of the government, you're going to give them more power, more power, and more power. And all they're going to do is use that power to limit your freedoms. So that they can have an easier life. Remember that people. Freedom is important. It's more important than money. You need to have freedom. If you don't have freedom. You can't do anything. Let alone make money. Alright. So this is just one um, article. That I wanted to revisit. With regards to uh, socialism. And why people are so obsessed. With the idea of it all right i think that um just to you know sum it up nicely is that number one socialism doesn't work number two the nordic countries are not socialist number three you know when it comes to socialism we need to understand that it's it, it's it's deadly when you when you measure its results against what it intends it does not bring about the results that um 
many people claim it does. It doesn't do that at all. What attracts people to socialism is the, the promises of socialism, like easy life, easy this, easy that, okay? Be careful. You should, as, as, as citizens, you know, as people, you should understand that when it comes to these type of policies or these types of promises that are given to you as a result of um, governments trying to get your vote, you must understand that, guys, if they try to make your life easier by saying we can give you this for free and stuff like that, be careful of that. Don't vote for people like that. They just want your vote so that they can get more power and get more access to funds to fund their lavish lifestyles. More power needs to be given to the people, not to the government. The government cannot have a lot of power. Can't. Because the, the, the moment they get a, a lot of power, it becomes a tragedy. And the last thing about socialism that I would like to mention is that it has this great attraction uh, towards young people. I don't know if young people are naive or anything like that. But also as well, if you're a millennial or if you're not, or if you have kids who are millennials just and, and who are um, sympathetic towards socialism, please let them know the dangers of it. Because I think that it's, it's not that these people are, are evil, the people that believe in socialism. I think it's because they're ignorant and they've been indoctrinated in many cases. And also with me as well, I also have to understand that when it comes to the free markets as well, there are some negative effects that do occur. And we need to also prepare for that as well. But it's not, we're not going to prepare for that by adopting socialism. No way. Not at all. So I think that, you know, just to end off this podcast, I just want to say, guys, just understand this. Don't be lured emotionally towards socialism. Try use you know, your logical thinking with regards to um, understanding and debating against the socialist idea. Because one thing you're going to notice is that a lot of the leaders try to use emotion to get people to um, believe in socialism. And you need to rise above that and show people that, no, use your brains as well. That's what needs to happen. Okay, guys. Um, thanks for listening to this podcast. And as always, if you like this podcast, you can like, you can share this with your friends and family. And if you would want to support us even further, you can go to manpatriot.com forward slash donate. Manpatriot.com forward slash donate. And you can donate as little as 10 rand. Okay, guys. Thank you for listening. And yes, I will see you next time.
Yeah, yeah.